Hey, Beers and Ears listeners, Casey and Matt here. You've heard us talk about our partner, Riss and Cal. You know, we've touched on their wireless earbuds, which connect right to your smartphone. But they've also got a lot of other great stuff as well. I use their 4-in-1 charging station every day. It can charge my phone, a smartwatch that charges with a magnet, and even my earbuds. You can also check out their Bluetooth selfie stick, a 3-in-1 charger, and even a silicone accessory kit that comes in either black or white. Yeah, you know, this company checks the two boxes that I love in a product, which is great quality product without having to pay an arm and a leg. I've been playing around with the accessory kit. So this comes with uh, rubber things for the earbuds so they don't fall out of my ears and things to hold the earbuds so they stay in. I always have a terrible time with that and these uh, work like a charm. So go to fourfrills.com slash shop and use coupon code BEERS, B-E-E-R-S. You'll get 15% off your order, plus a free $10 gift of your choice when you spend $50 or more. And if you have trouble picking just one thing, they've even got a 31-piece bundle that includes everything. Don't forget that a portion of their profits will go to help local charities in need. Let's get started with the show. Welcome to the Beers and Ears podcast. Here are your hosts, Casey Woolley and Matthew Brown. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Beers and Ears podcast. My name's Casey. And I'm Matt. Welcome to today's episode, everybody. We are so excited to have you. We actually have a very special guest, someone who I have been listening to in podcast form now for probably the better part of, I want to say, close to five years at this point. Uh, And her name is Chris Wood. Welcome, Chris. Hi, how are you? Great. Thank you. And thanks for coming on. We're, we're excited to have you. So Chris, just so everybody knows, um, I have been listening to her on a couple of different podcast platforms. Her most recent is uh, the Mouse and More podcast. So Chris, I just want to take a couple of moments here. Just tell us a little bit about you, kind of what is the Mouse and More and kind of how did all that get started? Okay. So I've been a travel agent now for almost 10 years and I have had my own agency for a little more than two And when I left my old agency, we just decided to go ahead and do a podcast because I had been podcasting on another podcast for seven years, which is a really long time. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we've just been having fun with it. We talk about everything involving Disney. I think you're going to come on and talk about Disney history in in a week or so, which should be fun. And uh, we have, you know, the agency has 70 agents. So it's a pretty big agency for such a new agency. And we're having a lot of fun. We're really excited to have you. So you're probably out there asking, why do we have a travel agent on our show? And it's, it's important to understand that we know a lot of you out there are diehard Disney parks fans like Matt, like myself, you've been to Disney umpteen times, but what a lot of people don't realize. And when I have somebody approach me for the first time and say, Hey, Casey, I'm planning a Disney trip. What do you recommend? The first thing that I recommend to them is get a Disney travel agent. And they look at me and go, how much extra is that going to cost? And I say, it's going to cost you nothing extra, but your experience is going to be that much more magnified. And this is why I wanted to have Chris come on. Chris, can you just explain to the folks listening why that's the case? Why is having a Disney travel agent Uh, so much better for someone who's either brand new to the process or even someone who's done it before? Well, you do get extra help and it it depends. Some clients of ours really want 
everything done. You know, I've had clients who actually come to me and say, this is the kind of food I don't like. Book me food that doesn't have, you know, book my dining reservations where they don't serve this. Um, my kids like this kind of ride, book those things. So we can do everything or we can do very little. And I think for me personally, and I think this is because a lot of my clients are podcast listeners, because of that, I think that they're very hands-on with their own trips, but they still want someone to bounce ideas off. So there's no charge. Now, some agencies do charge, and I understand the reasoning behind that because we don't get paid until they travel, but there really is no charge um, with us. And I think with most Disney-focused agencies, there's probably not a charge. It seems like what what it seems like is that it's not, you know, I think we, me personally, I hear travel agent and I think I go to the travel agent and they plan my entire trip. I have no say in it. Whereas uh -huh. there's kind of a spectrum that you can go off of. Is, is that correct? That's absolutely true. And it really depends on the location. I mean, we always joke around and say when we send someone to like an all-inclusive in the Caribbean, our biggest job is um, telling them there's the beach, you know, but I mean, for Disney and Universal, it's pretty <laughs> intense, as you guys both know. And so yeah. when we're doing that, we would definitely, we certainly offer more. But again, like I said, it's, it's a, you're right, it's a whole spectrum. One thing I will say, and I always tell this to people because they ask if there's a charge. And then, of course, we tell them no. They want to know how we get paid. Travel agents pretty much across the spectrum get paid through commissions. And that commission is built into your price. So say you booked a $5,000 trip and the commission is X. You would not get less you know, you wouldn't get a discount for that by not using a TA. That money just goes back to whoever the vendor is. So, so you're paying for it anyway. You might as well use it. So more or less what you're saying is if somebody booked a trip through Disney or Universal and it cost them five grand, it's going to cost five grand through you. You're going to be there to help them yeah. with the process or the planning or the dining or whatever, or it's going to cost them five grand through Disney. Disney just makes the extra profit. Right. Is more or less what you're saying. And, and doesn't I think help the, you with any the, of the other stuff. No. And cause I think key with it, with booking with an agent, especially an agent from an agency that's a little bit bigger like ours is that you not, you're going to talk to the same agent every time, but also that agent has 50, a hundred agents right behind her. Like we all work together if, if you saw mm -hmm. our Facebook group, you would be like, wow, this is a lot of questions because somebody is always helping out someone else just to kind yeah. of. Well, and the community, well, the community too, that you guys yeah. have developed in your Facebook group. I was looking at your, your membership profile. You guys have 3,500 people approximately, I think in your group, you know, and it's not just your agents that are answering questions. It's the community that started. Right. I mean, that's, that's what makes me so excited to be part of your group. And one of the reasons why I'm so excited to have our group is because it allows people to talk to one another and, and give feedback and advice, you know, for, for things that they've never done before. Yeah. Like I took a solo, I took a solo trip a couple of years ago. I'd never done that before. And your group was, was one of the main reasons why I was able to do that and do it with confidence that I wasn't going to look weird eating dining alone. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. No, so. no, that's so funny that you say that. Cause I, I, Disney world is one of the few places I will dine alone. So, but yeah, not, not to get into too much of a sales spiel, but whoever you go with, go with a travel agent and, and, you know, keep in mind, that money's not going to a big corporation. It's going to someone who, you know, this is paying for her, her 
rent or her mortgage or her kids' ballet lessons or whatever. Yep. The same thing everybody else is doing. So it does help out a small business. And just before Matt gets into some of his questions and, and just we're going to kind of t- turn the corner here in a moment and talk about, you know, tips and tricks that you guys might have uh, or that you might have just as somebody who's been to Disney World a million times. Mm-hmm. Before we get into that, can you just give us what is the name of your travel agency? Oh. And if somebody was interested in booking through you, how would they do that? It's Main Street and More Travel. And they would just go to MainStreetAndMoreTravel.com. And the and more is because we do pretty much anything. I mean, we will send you just about anywhere we can find a reputable vendor to send you. Yeah, you guys do Disney, you do Universal, you do Sandals, yeah. you do Cruises. So Matt, I want to, um, I think we should probably turn directions yeah. on, you know, we got, we got somebody who's been doing this for a very long time. She's been to the parks. Um, I know a lot of my tips and tricks and things that I pass along. You know, I, I have sent people to Chris on multiple occasions because I've told them, I say, I trust Chris because she thinks the same way that I think on a lot of things. Yeah, so- and, and that's why I send people to you. So Matt, what questions do you have for, for Chris that might be useful for our listeners? Yeah. I mean, we'll keep it real simple. Let's you know ask it in kind of a twofold thing. So let's say I am a first time park goer. What is the number one or top three things that the, the top three tips and tricks that you're like, first time, this is, this is my best tricks for you. I would say stay on property. I think that makes a lot of sense. You get a lot more perks. People don't understand, like they'll go online and they'll see, oh, this is only a mile away from Disney. Well, Disney is what, 47 square miles. So you will probably spend 90 minutes getting from your hotel to the Magic Kingdom. And that's that's not being, you know, excessive. That could take even longer because you guys know you have to, Mm -hmm. you know, park and you got to do this, that and the other. And it's, it's difficult. I would say, so stay on property. Don't get the dining plan necessarily. Figure out what your needs are going to be as far as what you're eating, where you're, you know, how old the kids are. If you have 10 year olds there, you're paying for them as an adult and maybe the dining plan doesn't work. Mm-hmm. If you're not doing character meals, the dining plan might not work. Um, and don't get a hopper because you can always add the hopper when you get to Disney, like say you buy a seven day ticket and you're there for a week and on day three, you think, oh gosh, you know, it might be nice to go to different parks during the day. We'll go to guest services and add that park hopper. It's not going to cost any more, but a lot of first timers don't use them because, you know, they're getting, they're, they're just not used to all the hopping and it does take a while and they want to really see everything in each park. You know, in that case, you're not paying more if you upgrade it then or before you leave. So I'm feeling really good about this because um, anytime someone who's never been to the parks asks me what my tips and tricks are, those are the exact three that I give them. Are they really? The dining plan to me is it's great. Don't get me wrong. There's some no worries in that, but what people don't realize is you can bring snacks into the park. And so my wife and I often like we pack our backpack full of granola bars and then the meal portions are so big that you can split them. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, with the dining plan, you're almost obligated to. Yeah. You, you feel. I mean, if you're a big, put it this way: if you're a big foodie, and it's an adults-only trip, or you have teenage children who eat a lot, you may consider the dining plan. But you, the thing with the dining plan is, you feel obligated to eat 
all of that food. Yeah. You feel obligated to get the most expensive thing on the menu. See what I, I'm with Matt, the three things that you listed are the same three things that I tell every newcomer who comes to me as well, because everyone says, well, how do I save money at Disney? Those three things you just listed save you money at Disney. You know, people think they save more money by staying off property, but they don't take into consideration the need to buy a rental car or the need to pay for parking or the need to pay the, the Disney, the, the, the hotel fee that Florida charges, or again, the time travel, the wasted time between your property and, and the parks, right? So the amount of money you save there potentially, then the dining plan money, I did the calculation one day, if you got a discount like tables in Wonderland or some kind of other discount, you could save about $200 by not going with the dining plan. Well, and tables, That's money to use on souvenirs. Tables in Wonderland is tough because you have to have, you have to be, what, a Florida resident or have an annual pass. So not every, or have DVC. True. So not everyone has that. But I, I just think the dining plan, like you said, it does kind of, you know, restricts what you can do. We've used it probably five or six times. And you know, we go like all the time. And at least mm-hmm. half of those times, one of my kids got sick and we didn't use the credits. We figured out a way yep. to use And then you got to split them up and yeah. get the snacks and you're, yeah. you're buying the sour cherry balls or the, or the rice krispies to take back yes. with you. And, you know, it's like, this is great. I got, you know, 30 rice krispies in my bag, but you know, I didn't right. need to buy those. I will say <laughs> you pointed it out. You said, um, teenagers get the dining plan because they're going to eat you out of house and home. And the other thing is <laughs> kids, kids who are three to nine, it costs nothing. Like you can't even pay for a snack and a quick service meal for what Disney charges you for the dining plan. So in that case, I say, get it. Yeah. In fact, when my clients don't get it and they have kids in that age group, I'm just like wanting to pound my head on the table. Cause I'm like, come on, you're going to eat. Um, also, if you're crazy about character meals, if you're doing on a three, on a seven night trip, if you're doing more than three character meals, absolutely get the dining plan. So, pays for itself. Yeah. Pays for itself. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, the park hopper one, I think that's the biggest one yeah. that I have the hardest time convincing people to, to not, to not do. Well, what if I want to go from one park to the next? And my answer to them is, do you understand that magic kingdom alone is going to take you at least two days to see everything? Right. Maybe three, maybe three. And I said, if you got kids, that's a lot of traveling back and forth. Not to mention you're going to want a midday nap. People don't think about that. Right. You know, they, 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 you know, take, take the kids back to the hotel for two hours in the middle of the day or three hours, or you're going to have a meltdown come right around six o'clock. Well, yeah. and, Chris, you know? and Chris, you mentioned this where it's time. If I decide I'm in Magic Kingdom and I want to go to Epcot or Animal Kingdom, I have to now get out of the park, get to my car or on a bus or call an Uber or a Lyft or whatever, and then get to that park, repark, get in. And so you end up wasting a lot of time Yeah, when you, you park hop. It's true. I, I think that the hopper is probably the most underused thing that, that Disney offers. And I think that's also why, for example, you know, it costs Disney nothing, right? So when you have free dining come out, Disney will often make the requirement be that you add the park hopper. That's brilliant because it doesn't cost them anything. Oh, yeah. And clients normally might not want it, you know, so. So 
Yeah. So Matt, go ahead. What was your second question? I think you were going to do this for the people who've done this before. Yeah. So by way of contrast, you know, these are the beginners. So now you're talking to what I assume is probably a majority of our listeners here. I could be wrong about that, but a majority of my, of, of our listeners have been to a Disney park many, many times. What's maybe a tip or trick that I mean, really, to be honest with you, I'm asking personally, um, what's a tip or trick that I maybe don't know that um, that would help my next park vacation be even better than I than it already is? So that's the tough thing, because once people have been like more than a handful of times, they they really do know the parks pretty well. And, and at that point, it's just important to keep up with things that are new because Disney always has something new. So like, for example, it used to be if you had kids who were three to nine and on the dining plan, you could get them an adult quick service meal. Well, they've stopped that, right? So if you had gone two years ago and were thinking, I'm going to get my kid, you know, an adult meal and we're going to share it. Well, that's not happening happening anymore. It's not supposed Mm -hmm. to at least. So I would say, keep up with all the newest trends. I always tell my agents, everyone should have an unofficial guide to Walt Disney World, an updated one. Because they're going to have, this is like the best guide. It's like, I'm sure you guys have one. It's like, what, 850 pages? Oh, yeah. They're the best. They're the best. And they're just entertaining reading anyway, because they have descriptions Mm -hmm. of everything. That's a good place to start with just kind of new stuff that's happening. And then things online. You know, there are a lot of websites. One of my favorite forums is WDW Magic which I'm sure you guys have been on. Mm-hmm. They often get mm-hmm. a lot of cast members on there and sometimes they'll get people who are really in the know who will expose things before they come out. So, you know, keep up with your newest developments is what I would say. And also make sure you bring a, a sweater. <laughs> people don't. It's always <laughs> cold in that air conditioning. Bring a sweater. Or you wind up buying the $70 hoodie inside well, the store. And, and you know what? You do. I have my Northern clients and you would be, you You guys are both in Michigan, right? Is it Michigan or Ohio? Uh, no, we're in Illinois. Illinois. I get all Illinois. those states confused. I live down South. I'm kidding. Okay. So but <laughs> all, of, all of my clients up North will come down in December without a coat. And then they're like, oh, yeah, I had to buy a sweater or a sweatshirt or whatever. I'm like, yeah, you have to. It gets so cold down there at night. Like six months out of the year, it's very chilly at night. Yeah, that's because we we up here in the Midwest here, Florida, and we think it's just 90 all the time. It's 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 90 all the time. Yep. Yep. Bring a sweater, maybe some gloves. So I have a, I have a question for you, Chris. And, and this was one, again, when I took my alone trip back in 2017, you know, I had been to Walt Disney world at that point for probably seven different times, eight different times, which, you know, for me, that's a lot. I had gone once a year, twice a year, whatever. So one of the things that I was unsure about were all of the extra experiences, all the different, beyond just the regular, you know, you go to the resort, then you go to the park, you know, there, Disney World offers a lot of other extra experiences. I know that one of the things that I did is I wanted to get my hair cut on Main Street USA. I did the barbershop, which was a really cool experience, right? And I did my very first dessert party. I did the the happily ever after dessert party because I wanted to treat myself. I think for some people who maybe are Disney World veterans, they know these things exist, but maybe they don't understand 
which ones are the best ones to pay for, which ones are the best values versus which ones maybe you stay away from. You get to experience a lot of these because you get to sell them. Any advice on some of those extras for people? If you really want to drop some money, why? And I, you know, I wish I'd understood where you were going and I'm, I'm going to confess I'm kind of cheap. I don't do these a lot, but <laughs> now that I know where you're going, I, I kind of get what you're saying. Wild Africa Trek, if you want to drop $300, is fantastic. Never have heard one okay. bad thing about it. That's where you go to Animal Kingdom. You get to go backstage. They take great pictures of you above a pit of gators. Um, you're safe, by the way. No <laughs> no danger. And you just get to have this wonderful experience. There's a lunch at the end. It is fantastic. But again, it's you know $300. It's a lot of money. Uh, and that's the average. Is that 300 per person? Per person, per person? yeah. That is okay. that is yep. like okay. a um, anniversary present, birthday gift kind of trip, right? You know, that's a big one. Yeah. Um, for less money, they have an elephant encounter and a rhino encounter at Animal Kingdom, and that's forty dollars, and all of the money goes to conservation. That is oh, great. Wow. You don't get to get close to the elephants. You you are right outside of where they you know their little they have a huge enclosure. Um, so you are right outside of that and they feed them and they tell you stories and they know all the elephants by name and some of their personalities. It's just fantastic. And then the rhino one is similar. And sometimes depending on how the rhinos are feeling, you'll get to touch one. So 40 bucks, oh, wow. you can't beat it. Unfortunately. Well, it might be a little more because I think I got an annual pass discount. It might be like 45, but it's, it's very affordable. Um, Another favorite I have is, and you've probably heard us talk about this, is the um, Marceline to the Magic Kingdom. That's okay. about $50. It's backstage. You meet in, it's three and a half hours, which I like a shorter tour. I'm not necessarily going to do the backstage magic ones at seven hours, although I have done that. But that takes your entire day. Mm -hmm. um, and the mm -hmm. other thing with that is everyone has to be 16 and up. So little younger kids can't go. Um, but the Marceline to the Magic Kingdom, I think it's 12 and up. And um, okay. that's a fun one. That's uh, You get to go in the Haunted Mansion behind the scenes. So that's fantastic. Ooh. Yeah. And then for 50 bucks, that's a, that's a great it's deal. It's an too. incredible and, deal. Especially for someone looking for something different. If you're a Disney, Disney fan like I am, yeah. I mean, Matt and I, we pride ourselves in the amount of Walt knowledge and Disney company knowledge that we have. It's just something a little different than just the typical park right. day that you would normally get. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've done keys to the kingdom. That's one of the long ones. You go do a lot of backstage. We, we had a really fun guide. She was there when the park opened in 1971. So she had a lot of experience wow. and she had great stories and we made her mad a couple times because we were goofing around. Um, there's a big group of us, um, but it was really, not really mad, like funny mad. Um, so any of these are fun, I think. Um, some additional things you might do is, this sounds really stupid, but, um, or maybe not stupid. It, it sounds like something you would never do at Disney, but go to a movie at Disney Springs. Like mm -hmm, they have a mm -hmm. wonderful theater there. In fact, a lot of towns probably don't have theaters like that with all the, you know, there's just a lot going on. And um, it's a good, inexpensive night for when you want to kind of relax. And you got Splitsville over yeah, there too, I think. It uh, is right the bowling alley. Yeah, that's I've a heard blast. good stuff about that. My um, my great. sister and and brother in law honeymooned in um, Disney, and mm -hmm. they went to Disney Springs every night 
that was yeah. like their night. They went out to dinner and and did Disney Springs. They got they got out of the parks about mid afternoon and and hit up Disney Springs. They loved it. Oh yeah, it's fantastic. One thing I like about staying at Saratoga Springs, which is right next to Disney Springs, is a nice evening walk over there, get a treat at Starbucks or wherever, hang out. There's music. I mean, that you're right. It's like a fun night, and especially for adults, it's fun. So it's nice when you've been down there so many times to figure out a way to make, you know, it's not a once in a lifetime trip. You talk about that a lot on your show. You know, some people have a once in a lifetime trip Mm -hmm. and then there's other people who do this once or twice a year. And, you know, I went down with, with my fiance, Nate in, in um, February, you know, we met up with you when we were down there. Very nice. It was, it was very nice, right? It was a beautiful, beautiful week. There was no rain. It was was like perfect work week or perfect weather, wasn't it? (laughs) Perfect weather. Yeah. Yeah. It was gorgeous. And, 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 you know, he, the, the requirement that he gave me when he said he wanted to go, cause he's not as big of a Disney fan as I am, but he goes, I'm going to let you, I want to go. He goes, but one rule. I said, what's that? He goes, you can't plan anything. And I, cause I'm a big planner. Yeah. And I said, well, I said, I can do that to some degree. I said, you know, fast passes and some dining, you got to plan those out, right. but we didn't have it down to literally every minute of the day. We got to be here. We got to be here because we had done it so many times before. And when you can get to that level, which a lot of our listeners are, you start to look for ways to, to, to fill in the blanks. Like we spent a, we spent an, spent an evening up on in the tower at the, the grand, the grand, is it the grand Torino tower? Grand the one at the, uh, yeah, Destino. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. Where we were able yeah. to, we were, we were going to try to watch the fireworks show from Hollywood studios, but it was too windy, windy that night, but it was a beautiful view that night. Right. We got a, a drink, we sat out there and it was gorgeous. So you start to look for ways to kind of fill in the blanks of the typical Disney experience, you know? Well, one thing I do recommend is that even if it's your first trip, especially if you have little kids, I often recommend getting a sitter and going out to dinner and getting a break because Disney mm-hmm. can be really intense. It can be very hot. It can be really crowded. And sometimes it'll even rain on you, which is not great when you have a little one in a stroller. So, and then, mm-hmm. and then you add to the fact that you're in a room that's 300 square feet as opposed to however big your house is back home. So it can be very mm-hmm. stressful in that respect. So I always suggest people have a little evening out and there's so many good, amazing restaurants. Like I live North of Atlanta and there have been many times I've gone into Atlanta, had a meal with my husband and said, this is better at Disney. People don't know how good the food is because they don't always try it. So they definitely don't try Mm -hmm. the more expensive options. So. No, they go for the burgers and the fries yeah. or the chicken fingers. And I, the typical theme park fair. I did the be our guest restaurant, um, incidentally by myself. So um, I'm in this grand ballroom eating by myself, and the food was excellent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yep. and and it's you don't you can take a child to any restaurant at Disney property except for Victorian Alberts, but sometimes you might want that little quiet dinner. Um, we always, when our, when our kids were really little, we always had a date night and we would go with a babysitting service that Disney recommends called kids night out. All of their babysitters are vetted. And normally we, I don't think we've ever come home from dinner when we use kids night out and not have everyone in bed with their teeth brushed, sleeping quietly. It was great. So <laughs> that's amazing. Can I? <laughs> Again, that's one of those, that's one of those things that you wouldn't know no. if you've never used I, it before. 
Where that's I why had, you use a travel agent. <laughs> I had no idea. And um, I've got one kid and second on the way. So uh, that's good to know. Yeah, they, they, they're really good. And you can even re- request the type of sitter you want. Like say you have boys and you want like a college age boy because you feel like he would identify more or you want like a more grandmotherly type. You can make a request. They're great. Uh, one time we had a cast wow. member who was a animal handler at Animal Kingdom. And the next day... She um, got our kids backstage at Animal Kingdom. So they got like a That's little awesome. extra treat. They talked about her probably for every time we would go to Disney, we would mention Kids Night Out. They'd be like, I wonder if we could get so-and-so again. So, yeah, it was just a great That's experience. Awesome. Um, can I add something that I would sure. recommend to, to people who've been to Disney many, many times? And this is probably my no- number one recommendation. Go to Disneyland. Don't go back to Disney World. Mm. You've done it a million times. It is fantastic. Go to Disneyland and have that experience. It is literally the easiest Disney vacation you will take once you get there. You know, you do have to make some decisions about the airport and deal with LA traffic, although I've never had it really take that long to get on property. Your hotel is right there, even if you stay at a good neighbor hotel. That a good neighbor is like a Disney certified hotel. And it's amazing. You get to walk in Walt's footsteps, basically. That is on my bucket it list. And Matt, I don't think you, Matt, you've never, you've never been. No, right? um, I mean, it, it, it is very much a Midwest thing that Disney World is our park. And right. I, don't, I don't know where that, like, that stigma or where that idea comes from that, like, you just don't go to Disneyland. I, well, I, it's farther I out, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, you know... Farther out, it's smaller, you I know. Think you smaller. know, especially when you're talking to a when you're talking to like a newer or a person who doesn't do Disney like the way we do Disney, they go, "Well, we're going to World because there's so much more to do," and they don't realize that yeah, land is smaller, but between land and California Adventures, land actually has more rides in it than than Magic Kingdom, and I think if I'm not mistaken, Hollywood studios combined, like there's, there's a ton of stuff in land to do. It's very comparable. It really is. And the thing I, I enjoy about it is it's, it is a neighborhood. Well, it's a family park. It's a local park. And so the experience with the guests is very different. Like in Walt Disney world, people are all in a hurry because it it may be their one time they take their kids or, you know, they're on their honeymoon and Mm -hmm. they want to see everything, whatever. It's a big deal. And land, you have people who come over at six o'clock at night because they want to meet their friends and have dinner. And so you don't have as many strollers. You don't have as many people rushing. It's a very friendly park. Now, I will say, I don't think the cast members are exactly the same. I think the Disneyland cast members might be more like, this is my job. I do it nine to five. Whereas in world, you meet people Mm -hmm. who are like, I moved here from Iowa because I wanted to be one of these people. Um, Mm -hmm. But given a choice. I mean, it's, it is very hard for me to pick one or the other, to be honest. And I, I will say that California adventure is probably the perfect park. It really is. I can't, I, Matt, you and I might need to just take a beers and ears trip there to do some to, to do some recon, do some research yeah, uh, of, of Disneyland. Yeah, no personal. Yeah, it's a research exactly. trip. That's, a, that's what um, I told my husband form. all the time. I'm like, well, this is research, Kevin. <laughs> Take care of the kids. Exactly. So. I have I have a one personal question. Sure. Do you, does your agency do any uh, Disney International? We uh, do. We sell groups? everything. Okay. Good. Good. Good to know. Good to know. Where are you thinking of going? 
I've always wanted to go to the Tokyo park. Um, the so, stuff that I read, especially in the next three to five years with all the like, yeah. I mean, they've got a frozen land open up. They got a beauty of the beast ride opening up. Like the stuff that I see of that park just is like, I want to go there. And Japan as a country in general is a place that I'm like, I have a couple of friends that, um, my best friend actually in college spent a semester in Japan and just came back and, and talked about how much he loved it. Another friend spent a month there on a May term. and was like, I love it. And so just the country in general, but specifically the Disney park as well is something I want to get to. It's harder to book that. A lot of times we, we refer clients to other vendors because they don't necessarily work with travel agencies. Tokyo is really the exception to that, but we do a lot of Disneyland Paris. Uh, you know, I mean, that's, if you ever want, if you ever go to Europe and you don't go to Disneyland Paris, you will be sad because that is a fantastic park. It's wonderful. But yeah, Tokyo is weird. Maybe by the time you're ready to go, we can book it. Uh, right now, it's the one exception that we have to, we usually have to book it part of it as part of a tour group. And, you know, that gets complicated. So yeah, I hear you. Complicated okay. for you. Totally, totally I almost wonder if it, I almost wonder if it has to do with just, you know, being owned by the, the Oriental land company that's it, versus 100%. being owned yeah. by Disney. That's, that's what it yeah. is. Have you guys done Disney Cruise Line? I have not. Um, that's another one that's on my bucket list. Um, for being a Disney fan, it's, it's, it's interesting that I really have not done a ton of Disney experiences outside of Disney World. Yeah. Well, I think that's really the norm, though. I think people, like we said earlier, I mean, you know, it, it is, I can't even tell you how many times I've tried to turn a Walt Disney World trip into a Disneyland trip. And, um, I've, I failed. <laughs> so I get it. <laughs> I'll be like, you know, you've been here well, seven, my- day, seven years in a row. Let's get you out to Disneyland. <sighs> nope. So I think it's a comfort level too. Yeah. I think people know Disney world, you know, you know what to expect. You get down there, you know, the hotel, you have your favorite hotel, you know, the fast pass system, you know, how the buses work. You know, I've looked at Disneyland and I, and again, it's a bucket list thing for right. me. I, I, I want to do it, but you know, I looked at the hotels and then you look at the cost of the Disneyland hotel or the Grand California and go oh, like, you know, cause you're used to paying value prices or moderate prices. And you look at that and go, holy smokes. And then you're not sure which hotels to trust out yeah. there. Right. So, you know, so ultimately I think for me, a bucket list for my, by the time I die, I want to say I have gone to every single one of the parks at least once, yeah. including Shanghai, Hong Kong, Tokyo, Disneyland, Paris, and, and Disneyland, of course. So Chris, no, honestly, thank you for just taking the time to be on the show. And oh, no like you said, I'm going to be, be on your show, I think in the, in the next week or so looking forward to that. I just, it, it podcasting in general is one of those things that we've been talking about for a while, Matt and I, but there, there's such a unique community and such a enriching community of Disney fans. And when you can share your passion with people, it's amazing the people that you're able to meet, you know, you and I have, have only ever met one time, but I feel like we know enough about each other's lives that because of just, you know, how much you open yourself up on your podcast and on, you know, on your personal Facebook page and stuff, you know, and I've met um, friends through your podcast and through your Facebook group. So if they want to listen to your show and, or uh, be able to, you know, get a hold of, you know, or I don't want to say get a hold of you, but like listen to your show and, you know, maybe find you on social media. How do they do that? Well, we're at the Mouse and More podcast on iTunes and pretty much everywhere. We're on Instagram, Twitter, 
and we have a private Facebook group and that's, we, we get a lot of traffic on there. That's a lot of fun. And um, of course they can come to MainStreetAndMoreTravel.com if they're looking for a trip. We would be more than happy to help them, especially right now when everything is yep. kind of crazy. So Absolutely. And then Matt, if they are looking to get a hold of us, how do they do that? Yeah, that our email is beersandears1928 at gmail.com. We have a Facebook group, Beers and Ears Podcast. You know, we talked about this in the episode. Great way to be a part of the community and to get to know some people and to get to know us. We'd love to hear from you. And Twitter and Instagram, same thing, Beers Ears 1928. Shoot us a message. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. And as always, um, rate and review us. Five stars, five stars. We'd love to have those reviews from you, the listeners. Yep, and remember, new episodes drop Tuesdays and Fridays, guys, for you to listen to. Great during the quarantine. Uh, if you're trying to figure out a way to be active during this time, maybe go take a walk as the weather gets nicer. Uh, this is a great way to time yourself. Our episodes usually run between 30 and 40 minutes. So, all right, it has been a wonderful episode. Chris, again, thank you for being oh, here with us you. today. Uh, yeah, so we will see you all next time. Have a wonderful day. Bye, everyone.